0: G'day listeners and welcome back to another episode of the Keeper League Podcast. with are the AFL Fantasy Podcast that doesn't talk about the superstars. We only talk about the lesser knowns and the players who will bring value to your draft and Keeper League teams. My name's Hef and today I'm joined by Jake from Hatchat. Hey, How you going, mate?
1: Very well mate. I always get a laugh when you say that you don't talk about the superstars because you're on here mate. And <laughs> you got to give yourself a bit more props I'd say. I
0: was going to say we do actually sometimes talk about the superstars when it comes down to like uh, you know questions and stuff like that or do I trade this player and stuff like that so we do actually slip up here and there but it. no it's very flattering that you'd say that though. Of course of course, <laughs> I appreciate having me on again. No and I appreciate you uh, coming around on your lunch break. Uh, I don't know if too many other people would give up their lunch break to do a podcast with me so Nah that's right. Okay, we,
1: we love this game and uh, you're doing us a favour
0: which uh, listeners might find out in the next day or two as well <laughs> yep, and uh, yep. we'll, we'll be chatting again later today. Yep there might be another voice uh, on the Hat Chat podcast that's at some, some stage who knows um, yeah the eventful Week Fantasy, how'd your uh, Keeper League teams go? Keeper League teams, a couple of L's this week. No uh, they're
1: not, not, disav- not doing too well. The The main keeper that I'm in, uh, definitely looking forward to the mid-season draft. Yep. The boys are in some struggle town. But yep. uh, the new keeper we started this year is looking a little bit better. Copped an L this week against a good side, but uh, they're tracking along nicely for a, for a push for the flag
0: this year. Who was your star in either of your Keeper League teams?
1: Uh, I mean, I've got, I've got Clary and, and Ron Marshall. That's, yep. uh, they're probably the big names, yeah, but the star handy. in terms of what we talk about in this pod, um, Nick Newman, late in both drafts. Yep. I think uh, with round three of a redraft in my main keeper has been absolutely on fire this year, so stoked with that pick.
0: Yeah, no, nah, that's a pretty handy one. Yeah, my team finally had a win in the home league. I reckon... Oh, early on in the se- like season I won the first four games in a row, I think, and then lost four in a row. Nice. Um, there I beat all bottom at four, uh, bottom six sides, and then uh, lost all bottom six sides. But for- actually, no, I beat K, so that's that's a bottom, that's a top six sides, yeah. and I beat another one on the weekend. So yeah, finally uh, getting the wheels back on. Happy days. Um, and now I've got the bottom two sides. To finish off so hopefully I can get a few Beautiful. more wins on that. My home league's a single board.
1: season and I'm 8 0 in that one. Oh, maybe dear. 9 0 actually after the weekend. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, no I think good. it's the right time to start picking up some injured players from the boys and just padding the squad for uh, for finals.
0: Yeah, we actually had our mid season draft um, last week. We'll chat about my pick a bit later on in the show when it comes to it. But uh, yeah, before we get stuck into it, I uh, just wanted to mention that this show is brought to you by Game Day Squad, uh, create, coach, and compete in fantasy football. Uh, basically, if you haven't played Game Day Squad before, you open digital packs and get cards to make your team instead of selecting players from a player pool. Um, different cards have different multipliers, so you can increase your score in that way and you get free cards each week just for logging in. The best thing about it, it's a dynasty platform, so um, it's really relevant to this podcast because we talk about the future of players. Uh, How'd the go on Game of Squad? I think I only finished like 47th for the week. Okay. Not Well, yeah, I'm not sure how many people actually play it, but yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. usually I'm around top 20, so you know, but okay. uh, yeah. Yeah. Bit lower this week, but few stars, um, not pulling their weight. Jack Sinclair, I'm looking in your direction. But <laughs> hey, he might be might be coming on the podcast
1: in the next yeah, couple of years well, if he keeps this. Dream, yeah, back to
0: back uh, B two P worthy scores, that's for sure. But um, yeah, not quite just yet. But <laughs> anyway,s uh, create, coach, and compete in fantasy footy for free with Game Day Squad. Uh, head to gamedaysquad.com.au dot com dot and join in all the fun. Um, snowballing each week, lots and lots of week new members, bud. Looks so um, yeah, a lot more interesting action Online, I think. Fantastic. They did a post of my top five cards. Of I did the, see uh, it. the week, so, yeah, a few good ones in there. Go yeah, on. I mean,
1: I looked at that and I went,
0: that's not what my
1: side looks like, <laughs> so uh, we
0: we'll have to get, spend a bit more time hey? <laughs> Yeah, that's it. Keep opening those packs. You'll get there. All right, let's get stuck into the most relevant names of the week. Uh, we'll start off with, uh, we'll go game by game this week just to make things a bit different. Start with the uh, Geelong-Richmond game on Friday night. Uh, Samson Ryan's the first player, so 72 points. He, he kind of it's kind of flip-flopped the number one ruck between um, him and what's the other guy's name? Miller. Great? Miller. That's right. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's flip-flopped uh, between them as the number one ruck. He was the kind of number one ruck. I am not looking at him at all because Nank's just going to come back and overtake them. Is that fair?
1: Yeah. I mean, again, I know we, we talk mostly Keeper League here, but uh, for those that do listen to hat chat, they'll know that Samson was on my field for two weeks. Oh, I did hear I that. Couldn't, yeah. I couldn't get Jared Wits off. Yeah. Uh, he was a bit disappointing. And now he looks a clear number one ruck out of the Ben Miller pairing. Yeah, Looks great. I'm enjoying watching him play. But Nank, I think one to two last week means if he's not back this week, it's next yep. week. Yep. And he loses all legitimacy. He's not a key forward. in yeah. the giraffe, if anyone if any anyone listens to us. So.
0: Yeah, you could see Miller and Ryan go out of the side completely because they don't need to share that load. I know Ryan does; is handy up forward as well though so maybe not but yeah, yeah it's definitely going to drop off any scoring probability. Keeps his that- spot but yeah, key yeah. forwards uh, aren't particularly relevant in any format of the game. Yeah, so. exactly. Uh, keeping on the ruck theme, uh, Jonathan Segler had 80 points. Do you reckon he's fieldable at the moment? I think he's as a streamer, absolutely. Yeah. Uh,
1: for, for someone who might be copying their R1 out through injury and you're looking for that who's that guy that fills the hole, I think Segler's, from what I've I can see uh, in most of mine being mid-season drafts, he's not drafted. Yeah. Um, And, yeah, fieldable in the scheme of things, I think Reece Stanley three weeks, two to three. Yeah, well, well, sorry. I looked
0: at the AFL injury list and it just said short term. So, whatever that means. Have you noticed that?
1: Oh, it's only the the Cats.
0: Yeah, Geelong Geelong. (laughs) Geelong just don't, like, give up anything on their injury list. 100%. Pain in the ass. Uh, But anyway, um, I've got him in my dynasty league. My three rucks in that league are Pitnett, Segler, Oh, and then I've got the, uh, the meek. Reeves combo as well. So I've got four. It's not nice. It's terrible. (laughs) But um, Pitnett and uh, Segler have actually been putting up like reasonable numbers the last few weeks. So it's kind of nice. Meek Reeves is nice in the dynasty that you've got them cuffed. That's about what's nice about it, I suppose. Yeah, exactly. But uh, the rest of my team is so stacked. It doesn't really matter because I haven't lost a game yet. So Rucks are irrelevant. I'll keep saying that. (laughs) Um, Ruben Jinby, uh, we haven't talked about him for a few weeks, but he had 96 points, which was just a great showing for for a rookie. Did you watch much of this game? Yes, this was the game that I watched. Um,
1: mind you, I don't know when I look on paper why I picked the Gold Coast-West Coast game over a Richmond-Geelong game,
0: just in principle. Oh, I did think... it too, but I watched as well. But I think there's more so. I couldn't watch the start of the other one because it started too early, having yeah. my kid on yeah, um, Friday night. So then I just, once he went to sleep, I watched that one. So yeah, I no, actually you spot on. I think I did the same. I yeah, think yeah. This,
1: uh, this is a bit of a hard one because at three-quarter time, he's in the 70s and he's had eight touches, but he's on track for the tackle record that Laird set last year. So yeah. uh, he's not going to do that every week. 60 points in tackles and had 15 in disposals by three quarter time but you'd still be stoked uh, the role is there and he's definitely
0: one for the future but I haven't so. been watching him I have been watching West Coast because who does because I've You know, I have a life. (laughs) No, I do do watch him quite a bit. But um, he's been playing more. He was playing more in defence, wasn't he, when he was getting kind of rested in the game, wasn't he?
1: Yeah, definitely started the year, high CBAs. I think he had a drop-off
0: for a couple of weeks
1: there and then seemed to have a little bit of an uptick, at least from what I saw last week. Yeah. Um, But, yes, uh, it's certainly the pick is looking tasty and the tackle pressure is incredible
0: heading into winter. Um, We could be seeing a few more of those scores. Yeah, game is starting to slow down a bit as well, so... A few more stoppages, a few more tackles and things like that. Uh, moving on to Dom Sheed, had 81 points. Um, handy as a – I've got M8 there, but it should be M7 because that's the last uh, midfield spot. Would you field him as an M7? I would. Yeah. I think um, most teams wouldn't bat that deep. We talked about it
1: in the preseason that yeah. that last midfield spot was a struggle this year. Yeah. And in a lot of drafts, you're looking at your bench, who am I taking? Yeah, uh, You'd be stoked with Dom Sheed. Uh, obviously, West Coast very injury-prone, but no job security concerns, always plays an inside role. He doesn't have the ceiling we've seen in the past.
0: Yeah, exactly. I think he'll be around that 80 mark for a while. Yeah. I've been fielding... Um, con nash as my m7 at the moment haven't been hating it really stoked with that yeah and really late pickup as well just purely because i thought he'd play every week that's the only reason i grabbed him but yeah no it's been all right um in the same game bailey humphrey had 94 points um he's just finally showing us what he can do um mainly up forward but really lively um really uh, would like you know attack the ball really hard is what i'm trying to say and um but also had a little bit of time in the midfield as well so five cbas for the game I think there was a few doubters of him because he was a bit slow to start off with, but I don't know. I reckon he shut him up this week. What yeah, I, I was
1: probably <laughs> interestingly uh, picked him up as a rookie spot in my main draft, so yeah, it was nice to see a showing from him. It was yeah. really impressive. A few CBAs got himself involved in the game. I was a little worried. Uh, he certainly tapered uh, tapered those yeah. expectations for me now. You know, too. he'll
0: probably come straight back down next week, but <laughs> like that's what you—that's the roller coaster you do with your rookies. That's you it. pick him for the long term, not that's the short true. term. Yeah. So but just good to see something from him. You want to see something early in the year, and you can suddenly. Say yep.
1: Yeah, for us, it's a two-year hold on rookies. Yeah. I'm happy to say, from that performance, he's enough and worth of a whole well,
0: worth of a list spot next year. Yeah. at that minimum. 100. All right. Two main talking points uh, in this game, and in both, like in both in the draft, in the keeper league, and the um, classic format at the moment. Rory Atkin's and Braden Ferrini. like probably the two most talked about players of the last Absolutely. few weeks. So Rory Atkin's last week was he scored well, but I think he had eight turnovers and coughed it up a fair bit and stuff like that. Then there was all the uproar last week that he wasn't on the plane with the rest of the team, but flew over the day before, yep. so that's yep. why. Um, he only had, he had 75 points in this game, really slow start, but actually played okay when once the game got going. My question to you is, do you think he's safe in the side. I'm going to I'm gonna dispute the fact that he played
1: okay in the sense that he had the most pointless disposal I had ever heard, ever seen in my life. It was, as a non-owner and maybe somewhat biased non-owner, I just watched him getting involved in plus sixes that he had no business getting involved <laughs> with. He'd run, he'd probably have a 12 to 15 metre kick to him, only for yeah. him to make the 12 to 15 metre kick instead yeah. of the direct 30 to play
0: on the wing. I guess the difference was when he was kicking out from fullback, he wasn't. Uh, kicking it directly to the opposition side this Correct. week that's Correct. probably the difference I really noticed but um.
1: Supercoach owners his deficiency was definitely up because yeah, yeah. his use of disposal was it was not um, there was just lack, lack of impact from it it was purely link up play and not not good link up play so yeah. to that point I don't I don't think he's out of the side because Gold Coast played well and won that game convincingly. I think their biggest win um, yeah. outside the Gold Coast, I think is what I heard, or, or at least in WA. Yeah. Um, so, I think they probably go in unchanged, but I think his job security is still absolutely fringe at best.
0: Yeah. He's like a player that I've avoided um, picking up in classic just because I'm not sure he makes it through to the buyers. And yep. before the buyers, I don't really want to have anyone that I really have to move in if I don't have to, Agreed. especially when you're paying like you know, 400, 500K for someone now. Um but I guess the other guy, and sorry, he's actually who I picked up in my mid-season draft. Okay. So, I have kind of like hedged my bets. So, I was like, I don't want to pick him up in Classic, but I'll pick him up in my Keeper League just in case he does pop. Then at least, like, I've got on board in some way and I won't hate myself for not doing it. I do you that, that all the time. Yeah, yeah. yeah,
1: It's the same with if I go really hard at a player in my draft. So, I go, yeah, I'm going to avoid him in Classic unless they're... Extreme value because you just yeah you just feel feel at least one of your formats. I feel like right I made call. a
0: mistake. Then I feel like we've made a mistake by not getting him now. <laughs> it,
1: it looking a bit that way, but again, yeah. if he's dropped this week, we suddenly look like geniuses.
0: So yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. okay. Hopefully, he gets dropped. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, the other one's Braden Fiorini. So he had sixty five points. Are we concerned about this score at all? It didn't suit him as much. This week, we know the wing is a pretty volatile position for fantasy scoring at the moment. Um, And they didn't... They played just more direct in this game, Gold Coast. They just were trying to just pile on as much many scores, scores as they could against a lesser opposition so are you concerned about Braden Fiorini especially with Weller potentially back this week who could take a wing off him I think there's a, there's a slight flag
1: um, but I think it really depends how hot you were on him in the first place Yeah, yeah I was probably hot week one as soon as we saw there wasn't that big uptick as soon as Tuk came out of the side it probably showed what we should expect yeah. and I don't think that particularly changes this week Weller's only Weller hasn't been out for the length of Fiorini being in the side Yeah, so I don't think there's a major impact but I also think if you had these really high expectations they should be tempered by now I'm
0: probably thinking more so selection wise do you think there's any selection issues there or does um, like an Alex Davies come out first like who comes out to get Weller back in or It's a good question Yeah yeah I don't really know It's probably
1: He's in a similar position As the rat Yeah Um, yeah I I would say If I was the coach uh, Fiorini's staying in the side Above (laughs) the rat And then you're shuffling Things around Weller obviously (laughs) Has played a bit Off that half back Or some of the other boys That can shuffle back there Yeah Um, But again uh, We're not Stewie Jew So we're making Our best guesses And and I would say Fiorini's a better player
0: All right. Um, I hope that you're right With that Uh, (laughs) Luke Jackson uh, 103 points He's had back to back Tons now Last week Checkers and I Said uh, we couldn't say confidently that those two, like him and Sean Darcy, could score well in the same side. Um, Now Jackson's playing more as, oh, he's always had, well, this year he's played a lot as a key forward. He's actually starting to put a few good scores together there. I know we've seen back to back tons. I still think it's going to be quite a volatile um, run. What do you think?
1: Yeah, absolutely volatile. I still think that there is. Um, I mean, the fact is that we're talking in keepers. Everyone's going to have him. There's no one that doesn't that doesn't have him. He's yeah, not going to be sitting on waivers somewhere. anywhere. Yeah. I think as an owner, you're happy. As a non-owner, you're happy in the sense that after a couple of tons, you think, oh, you know, there's there's there's. Uh, Because we don't see that continuing, you probably think, oh, they're going to sit high on them and you're probably happy that this is not going to happen all year. But as an owner, you're saying, yeah, but we have these ceiling games and you can suddenly get some really good output out of it. So, I don't think he's shown any more or less than what we expected this year. It's just going to be some weeks they're going to be 50s depending on the matchup. Others, he's going to find his way to tons. So.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. It's yeah, going to be very much um, a week-to-week proposition, I think, until he somehow merges into a full-time ruck, but that's a long way away too because Sean Darcy's not – Young, like not old. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, I don't know what the goes. is. He's there.
1: continuing the ruck forward status. He'll hold that next year, almost yeah. undoubtedly. So, as an only you're happy in that You're sense. waiting for
0: Sean Darcy to get injured and then pop for a, a, year, happen. a year or something. It'll yeah. happen. <laughs> um, Neil Erasmus had 73 points, but he was subbed off at three quarter time. Did you see this game at all? Uh, I didn't. I saw the
1: highlights of this game. Okay, cool. Yeah. But um, Erasmus looked good. Yep. There's no doubt. Um, I know they were pretty hot in the group chat. Urban, as a freeo man, has been hot on him since he was drafted. Yeah, yeah. It's great yeah, to yeah, see. Raps, yeah. Great to see from him. Obviously, Slightly overpriced In classic So much less relevant But he's um, He should be On a lot of watch lists Do you know why He was subbed out Just a tactical thing I think was rest managed, That's managed, what I yeah. read good, good. Um, I haven't seen anything Come out since then But yeah, um, yeah if, Certainly If he is sitting On your waivers You should yeah. be keeping it very Or even maybe power.
0: Because some people Might see that as 73 points Like is not that good yeah. Considering he missed A quarter of footy So you might be Targeting a trade As well Because um, he might be Popping pretty soon Very much um, Bailey Scott Had 81 points I really like Bailey Scott Because he was just a good Underage scorer, player I held for a long time in my keeper league team before finally trading him out. But I'm just tipping the cap to him. I plays on a wing. Wings are gross. Yep. Like yeah, that's essentially all it comes down to. 100%. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, with the kangaroos I think LDU, Darcy Tucker, Flynn Perez got injured. What do you? Who do you see coming in? Do you see Cunnington coming back in for LDU? Do you see maybe Powell or Phillips coming back into the side?
1: I think they're all possibilities. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the one that I felt was really interesting is not someone who's coming in, but Hugh Greenwood sub three weeks in a row, plays the full game this week for from his seventy. Does he stick scorer. around? It's it's one of those that I think short term prospects with these injuries. He should be in the side, yep. and we know what he can do in the side. Again, we've talked about the waiver game slowing down. We're talking about winter and wet football. Tackle pressure is something that he's known for. He's quite good at that, yes. And he is, again, at least in my league, sitting on the waivers. So um a very intriguing prospect. I think Cunnington should come back in. It just it's the logical choice. Yeah. Um Powell and Phillips both um both there as well. It really just depends where Clarko wants to push this season. He's gonna look he's gonna blood the youth there's no doubt yeah he's that. gonna have
0: to from going forward surely but yeah anyway uh, what's next on the list Miles Bergman um, he was on the halfback just everywhere early on in the game um, essentially a lot of people thought he was gonna be that Carl Amon replacement uh, we started on the wing but kind of got shifted in defence I, I like him a lot more there, don't you? Don't you think
1: he looks really good? Oh, yeah. I have a particular disappointment here. Had to field Miller Bergman this week. I oh, no. uh, Looked about fourteen <laughs> minutes into the game and saw M Bergman yeah. on twenty-eight points, yeah. and I was stoked. <laughs> uh, suddenly realized that Miles is playing in the same game, so yeah. uh, a bit of a shame. So an, a negative three for me for Miles purely because of the, the sharing of the name. But yeah. no, um, certainly looking good. And Porter using him, considering his youth and his um, you know minimal games played, they
0: are using and looking to use him as a really Strong outlet. Yeah, it was baffling. Like, I guess we did see him as a winger and we had our wings covered last year. It was baffling we didn't use him sooner. But, yeah, as a half-back flanker, I, the one thing I noticed in the preseason really was how could his hands have gotten? He's got these huge guns on him. Like, yep. I think we talk about him every week. But just really strong arms, like, in terms of yeah, marking contest can take an intercept grab, but can also kind of... You, you can kind of back him in for a contested grab if it comes to it as well. Yep. So, yeah, like... He takes a mark he re- rebounds really well. I think he's going to be a gun. So uh, I think he might even be. I
1: mean, I'm not going to say he's a gun, but I think yeah. he's definitely on track to be there yeah. from what we've seen these last four or five yeah. weeks.
0: He might be on the two G four P radar in one day. Who knows? <laughs> um, a lot of people whinging about Ollie Wines recently had 97 points. A lot of points came late when the game was done and dusted. What's your take on Ollie Wines? I've given my thoughts last year, uh, last week. What, what do you What do you think is going on with him? Honestly, it's a really weird one. You know, you see a
1: Brownlow medal and suddenly you expect these height and heights and I think he had such a good season that everyone is sitting there remembering that. Yeah, yeah. I don't actually think he's playing as bad football as people are saying he is. I just think they've seen this peak season yeah. and they're just keeping those expectations high. Port were a much to be fair, Port have been very good this year, at least in the last few weeks. But Port were a much better side in 2021 prelim final. Yeah, yeah. And I think people have to remember that when they're looking at Ollie Wines' as expectations.
0: Did you say 2021 prelim final just to rub that in? That- something something <laughs> like know, like that. Dogs versus Port Adelaide, yeah? <laughs> I'm glad you remember. <laughs> yeah, I'm never going to forget that, <laughs> even though I walked out at halftime. But uh, anyway, um, look, yeah, I don't know. I, uh, I think Ollie Wines, like people f- often forget that He's traditionally been a low time on ground player. like, And it's just out of necessity we've had to use him more um, through those years. Now we've got kids that can just play in the midfield and we can just go back to using him sparingly and just let him play his role. Uh, especially given his slow start to the year, but if,
1: you, if you're yeah. a report fan, I know who I'd be wanting in my midfield, yeah, exactly. um, and it's these 22, 23 year yeah. olds that are holding clearly own. the future yeah. of the club, and that are absolutely holding their own against yeah. the best midfields in the comp.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Seamus Mitchell, 95. Tell me about his game. I think you watched this one. Look,
1: watch this one, and he just was involved like the link-up play. And I guess in this particular game, the Hawks were slowing the game down a lot more, so there was a lot more link-up play. But I think if you look at James Sicily and Seamus Mitchell's statistics. They were both very similar. I think they both had 27 touches. Seamus Mitchell, 20 of which were uncontested, which, again, yeah. for a for that position, you're not particularly surprised by. Yeah. It. But that just showed how much they're willing to use the yeah, ball for him. They're looking for him, really. Yeah. yeah. I, I think we talked two or three weeks ago is he fringe? What was it going to look like with holding a scrimshaw out? But right now, they clearly are throwing it to him. Um, interesting this week, news came out today uh, Sam Mitchell tested positive for COVID. So, yeah, okay. um, a lot of flag for Hawthorne players in general this week. Yeah. Uh, but for someone like a Sam Mitchell, who's five games into his career. You're not looking at it this week. You're looking at the future. And he's certainly um, he's certainly taken the liking, if only because Sam Mitchell likes seeing
0: S. Mitchell on the team <laughs> Yeah, it reminds me of the glory days. That's it. Um, keeping on, Hawthorne players. Lloyd Meek, 84 points. Just wanted to flag this because when Hawthorne play one ruck, you need to get on board that ruck, I think. Um, we saw it a few weeks ago when Reeves uh, – sorry, Meek was out. Reeves went big, then Reeves got injured, then Meek went big again. So, yeah, just – Keep an eye on that. If they only play one of them and you've got Meek on your bench or he's a, on a wave away and you need a ruck, he could be an option there. There's very, that's
1: very few single ruck combos that aren't at least a, a value in this
0: aspect of the game. Correct. So. Correct. Yeah. The ones that ruck and 10 are the ones you've got to avoid. Um, Joe Danaher, 118 points. Um, I think he kicked six in the end. Uh, yeah. had He's averaging 80 at the moment. I don't like key forwards in the game, but given his goal-kicking ability, the fact that Brisbane just dominated the gabbertois, and um, that he goes into the ruck quite a bit as well. It's one of the few ruck-forward combos where it actually helps his scoring... I think a lot of the time people people think ruck forwards and they go, oh, this is going to really improve his scoring, but it just doesn't add enough to the game or it tires them out or something like that. It just doesn't really help help them out too much. Danaher always seems to it seems to make it work anyway, given that he's more of that athletic type. Yeah, I think as well. What what are your thoughts? Um, I think it's a hard one. We always have the same opinion of key forwards,
1: and Joe Danaher doesn't do enough to buck that trend for me. When the team's flying, they're going to be scoring a lot of points. The thing for Brisbane is they've hit the form, hit their straps, and we expect them to be a top four side. So yeah. they are going to bully teams this year, yeah. and he's going to kick bags. I think we've seen it for Charlie Cameron in the last four or five weeks. He's been kicking bags and averaging mid-80s, been, I think maybe even 90s over the last five, which you just don't expect for same same way as a small yeah, yeah. forward. So uh, you can look at it in teams that are doing well. Um, Joe Danaher may be a slight exception to the rule, but certainly not um, not enough so that I'm suddenly going to overhype him.
0: It's kind of off topic, but I've got this theory that Joe Danaher and Charlie Cameron don't like each other. If you watch their body <laughs> language on field... Like, they're all, the only time the only interactions they have is when they're, like, yelling at each other, like, you should have hit me up on this lead or should have hit me up there. And when one kicks a goal, they never seem to get like the, get around the high fives. I mean, now you watch, say that. Watch closely. Like, I've got a feeling they have a bit of beef over the goals. Do you think they both just want to be the number one yeah, forward? They I just think want so. it, They want to lead yeah. the goal kicking I and reckon, they feel, there's a bit too much ego there? Yeah, I reckon there's a few. Yeah, just watch it closely. I've got a theory that they just don't like each other. I'm going to keep so. it a, a close eye on Yeah, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Kadeen Coleman, uh, 84 points. Is this a turning point for him in what's been a pretty disappointing season? We should flag that Rich is out. Rich is probably one or two weeks away from coming back. We saw him last year, though, score fine with everyone, with probably more um, competition for spots last year. What do you, what's your take on Kaden Coleman? It's
1: a bit of a weird one. Uh, I kept him last year. I, I brought him in in the, the probably late draft last year. Yep. Managed to keep him pretty stoked with that until yep. this season where the role just seems to have diminished. I can't quite put my finger on it because it's not an obvious personnel change. Obviously, there has been for Brisbane, but not in the back six. The back six has stayed relatively steady. I mean, you've got McKenna and you've got the Wilmots and the like. Yeah. Um, Rich is obviously getting close enough to retirement That if the, if you feel like Rich is the flag That shouldn't affect your keeper league side You should yeah, exactly. still be in Coleman in yeah. Um, but I think he's just taken a while to get into this season His form has been nowhere near And, and there was certainly less disposal he, efficiency Didn't
0: he do a hamstring last week And now he's back this week I didn't like even in, see that yeah, yeah, he did a hamstring It came off I reckon yeah, He even subbed out last week and then I expect him to miss, and he played this week. No worries. So there you go. Yeah, um, yeah, I agree that if you keep legs bag, which is what this podcast is all about, he's one for the future because he's probably one of the, the best distributor after probably Rich back there. So you can see him being the kind of go to guy back there for your kick-ins or just your bailout kicks in the future. So last week, I think Dossie came on a few weeks ago, and he was, I think he, I think I brought up the fact that he said a few weeks ago, pick up Coleman now for the future but then when I put it to him he's like nah I've taken that back don't pick up comedy sucks <laughs> something like that And then, but now he's actually put up a reasonable score so yeah anyway um, but yeah he could be I definitely want a target going forward um, moving on to some Bombers players now Will Setterfield he had the 98 points now what are your thoughts do you think this was only because Parrish was out or is he back because in kind of tandem to this Ben Hobbs had 98 points and he was everywhere but he didn't have a single CBA so, does this mean like they don't have to play Hobbs in the middle? He can just start on that half-forward rank and join in like, after the bounce? Or what do you think? It is so unique. I uh, was at the A-League semi final, so yep. I missed the game. But when
1: I saw the scores, I went, yep, Hobbs has had CBAs. setterfield has got his share back whilst yep. Parish is out. And then I've had a look in the details. And I went, "I think Cedarfield still went third in CBAs and yep. Hobbs without a single one. So, yep. that was completely in contrast to what yeah. I expected Just started see. on
0: the half-forward and yep. then just followed the ball around after yeah. that. Like, Which, he looks good. Hobbs is is
1: obviously as one to talk about is yeah. is certainly intriguing. I don't think Setterfield's back in terms of a long long term play. I think um we've seen what we've seen from him. Very intriguing to see if he finds his way to defender or forward status depending how they use him. I've seen yeah. him get thrown behind the ball. I've seen him starting at a half forward. Looking flank. at his
0: looking at his starting positions because like I being at the Port game last week just it's it's easy to see where they start on the wing basically like every center bounce so this week back in the midfield so I don't know if we're going to see a DPP just yet because it's very much starting position but you're right he does he's drifting deeper into forward and and back territory that's for sure but um, I think it's the other thing as well Dylan Shiel limped off the game as well so there might be another midfield out for competition for for center field anyway but Ben Holt's just really encouraging to see him score 98 points without having a single center bounce Like doesn't need him to yeah, get there. Because he still plays the same role. That's it. Regardless. It's just the
1: so. it's just the actual centre bounce attendance, yeah. which I know Jaden Popowski talks about. He doesn't find that as a particularly useful stat. I don't entirely agree, but there's yeah. certainly players that show why the statistics shouldn't be used in its own. It's
0: just an it's just a cheats way of looking at who's playing in the midfield. That's the way I look at it. Of course. Like, yeah, right. like and midfielders score more points. Like it doesn't mean yeah. anything. Like <laughs> it doesn't mean guaranteed points. Just means like it's easy to just a way to see it. Hundred percent, and I think
1: she'll, in that note, had the second highest CBAs on the weekend. So realistically, that only gives more opportunity for Setterfield and Hobbs over the next couple of weeks. While I think Parish. Initially was was a late kind of out unexpected, and then I've read read a month. Yeah, uh, so we've got a few weeks. Oh, Paris
0: is a wet month, is it? Uh, that's what I, I read yeah, that okay. twice today. Okay, I haven't read anything. Don't quote today. me, but uh... good, cool, good. <laughs> I'm a field owner, say. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, keeping on the bombers. Archie Perkins had seventy-seven points. Just a gun that I think is quite serviceable and um, probably won't hit the heights until he becomes a full-time midfielder, if that does happen. But Yeah, just a guy to keep your eye on, I think, and worth targeting your keeper legs. Cheap enough, as I said to you, I kind of got him in a deal for steak knives
1: at the start of the year and was pretty stoked with that. He's got a long career ahead of him and even with, you know, in a cosy picket mould, even with some games with a handful of CBAs, it just is enough to bump his score above similar players that you'd be finding in, in your drafts.
0: For sure. Uh, Matthew Kennedy uh, out of the sub vest this week. Ninety five points. Is he back? Uh he's
1: definitely very classic, relevant right about now. I think there is going to be a lot more chats about him over the next few days. I he noticed looks, Roy
0: picked him up this week and didn't tell anyone about uh, it. What's he? What's very, he doing? Very sneaky. Very sneaky. <laughs> yeah. I'd be
1: pretty stoked. Um, he looks back again. It's just going to be what does this Carlton dynamic look like in terms of. Permanency and rotation—they just have a lot of guys that could be sitting in this role. Yeah, super interesting. After watching a lot of their midfields rack it up over the last few weeks, the complete flip side with the, another Chera flop. Yep. in in typical Chera style, yep. and Kennedy comes and bucks the trend. So I
0: think Dos had the C on Chera. <laughs> I think so. Doss. Yeah, <laughs> classic Dos move. <laughs> Left field, the only one burnt. Uh, anyway, uh, Mark Pittnet, uh, seventy-seven points, just one to ride while Tom De Koning plays twos. Yeah, which. Um, I mean, I think they're
1: saying a lot of talk about the Koning not being at the Blues next year, which yep. uh, if that's the case, uh, he's probably someone that you should be looking at pitting at even even harder right now to run as a single rock next
0: year. It is a genuine play as well to be looking at players who might be leaving at the end of the year because people don't hear that news or they don't follow it as much or isn't there a podcast now, Gettable or something like that? that? Something like that. Yeah, a that all the trade news. Probably should be listening to that. Um, but yeah, looking ahead and to see where people are going to get opportunity the following year. It's a yeah, genuine play um, for fantasy so yeah if that's something that might be happening keep your ear to the ground and get on board that um, alright we'll talk about some dogs your boys Um Bailey Williams 108 points where has this I haven't noticed anything different really in his role or anything like that but where's this run of form come from Good question, mate. <laughs> I think it's like 88 in the last five or something like that. He, we talked about this last year. He kind of jumped
1: into a more wing friendly role and just pushed higher up the ground. And we saw it in a short period last year where he talked about him a fair bit and we said, does he become relevant? Is he not? And then it's almost just as quick as it came on, it completely disappeared. Oh, I do
0: remember that, yeah. So
1: I'm kind of feeling this might happen again, although he's in three, two, Two keepers and a single season of mine, so I'm stoked with it. Yeah, but I don't have a genuine reason to say why this is happening or if he's going to be keeping it up
0: to yeah. be quite honest. Yeah, I don't know. Just that the, the roll on the wings, nice. He pushes forward and kicks goals from time to time. finds enough of the footy, as um, with any sportsman. Sometimes you hit a hot run of form, and yeah. I think that's
1: where Bailey Williams is right
0: Speaking about now. Speaking of guys on the wing, I, I think you didn't notice. I didn't. Don't think you saw this game because you were. Uh the soccer, that's right. Um, Rory Lobb was starting on the wing and then pushing back into defence and things like that. So, I only scored the 55, but interesting role change. Very interesting. Very Bevo. Um, yeah, very,
1: very Bevo. And, I mean, when we're playing such a tall forward line, I think we've been trying to work out what we need to adjust. Yeah. Certainly wouldn't
0: have been in my top 10 list of adjustments, but uh, Bevo does what Bevo does. Uh, Jack McRae only scored the 83 points. Is he a back-to-the-podcast hashtag B2P candidate? <laughs>
1: He's got to be a candidate, I yeah. think. He's been disappointing. Uh, he, he's been consistent, yeah. uh, consistently nineties, uh, and he's gone another tier again into the eighties this year. I so. think
0: um, if you're averaging eighty plus, you still qualify. I yeah. think, but it's um, because he's still probably in the top one hundred fifty to two hundred players in the competition. Okay. But. Stonks down That's for sure Very down You'd be pretty upset As
1: someone who was very hot on him At the start of the year Uh, Again In a similar vein It's not that his role Has changed entirely He's definitely had A little bit more time At half forward The odd sulk on the wing As we used to But There is no real In a similar vein Justification For such a significant drop
0: Yeah I think He's probably one that you could target as one of like your M5s or 6s, like down that, probably that range. That. If you're going to get him there, you're probably getting a bargain, really. But if he was going to be like, if you've got a Shock and M3 and the guy who owns him is um, like, you know, on the decline or rebuilding or whatever, he, you might be able to get a deal done where he comes in as your M- M3, M4 or something like that. And you'd probably get your 80 most weeks consistently. Yeah. It's I'd in- take that.
1: Yeah, oh, you would. And yeah. I, th- I think it's an interesting one because there's so many times you see guys like a McRae where their owner just is holding out hope so they keep the value quite high. Yeah. And this is where as an owner you have to kind of look at it and go, where is my team? And yeah. do I look at cutting my losses in a half-decent deal if the decline's going to continue? Yeah. Because-
0: McCray, believe it or not, is one of the older boys in that midfield. A guy in my league, uh, (laughs) I was involved in this trade, um, offered up, uh, who was it? Um, Tom Mitchell last year for Josh Rochelle. So I had Josh Rochelle. And he offered me Tom Mitchell, and I took it. I was like, yeah, "I'll take Tom Mitchell. I'll take the, one of the greatest fantasy scorers of all time." In hindsight, now you know, twelve months later, I didn't expect Rochelle to come on this quickly. No, but you regret that trade now. So, like, you never know. Which is crazy because yeah. you still had it. You still had a, in
1: theory, points uptick. Absolutely. At the same time, yeah. when you're looking at selling out your future, and yeah. I did the same thing. I had a Jared Lyons I brought in a year and a half ago. now. Yeah. Thinking, yep, he's still at 110 guy. Yeah. And suddenly he's out of the side. So yeah. it's amazing how quick that can happen. It all yeah. depends where your side is and your yeah, exactly. premiership
0: windows. Yeah. That, that was my justification. I thought I'd be in a window this year. Didn't think Rochelle would be this good this quickly. I thought it'd take three or four. But anyway, I'm not happy with, I'm not upset with Tom Mitchell either though. So happy with that. Yeah, a good game on the weekend, yeah. actually. Hundred and twenty points. Yeah. Perfect. That's what you want. Um, Lachlan Murphy, uh, 107 points, just a tip of the cap. I don't know. He's had a good round. I think he's averaging 80 of his last three. But yeah, 107 points helps him get him up there. Eight tackles, that defensive forward roll. It's just going to be a roller coaster. Not something I want to ride each week. No, that's it. Um, I don't think we'll talk about it, but Saints do give up a few points. So that potentially assists us right here. I did actually have this in the show docs. Uh, Yeah, stream everyone against (laughs) St. Kilda. But that's been the common theme. But 14 players went over 80 this week. Yep. And then I think the 15th was Ben Keys with 71, there you something go. like that. So, yeah, it's still not the worst option. Um, yeah, so definitely uh, stream against St. Kilda. Um, but, yeah, Lucky Scholl, 107 points. I'm still not sure where I sit with him in the long term, but I think in the short term he's going to be okay. Um, they but depend on him for speed. Not so much precision, but um, I think they like him better than their other wing options who are probably a bit slower. Yeah, I um, think the Dawson coming inside potentially has just opened a little bit more opportunity for him. That's yeah. my
1: take on it. Uh, I'm a big fan of his. Uh, he's been shown to be in and out of that side and is a real fringe guy, but I I actually have some pretty high stocks on, on Shoal, in a player who I think a lot of people would be happy to let go, especially as we talked about this mid-only M7 situation where we're yeah. probably a lot of guys playing. DPP into
0: that because we haven't added anyone else. I'm playing Dawson in my midfield yep. for sure. Yeah, because like I've got way more defenders than I have midfielders. Exactly. So yeah, it's not a fit. It's not a bad point. Um, Paddy Parnell, hundred points. Um, showed signs last year, but in this game he had nine marks playing across half back. What do you think of his game?
1: Um, if he can keep himself not injured yeah. as a as a well, if he was 15 last year, 16 year old, he's
0: got at least 20 years in your in just your Don't starts. run into anyone, Mike. he'll snap in half if he does. But he just like, oh, yeah.
1: If he could just put on a little bit of size and uh, get that body. Uh, well it's not that the body's the issue it's exactly that it's the injury just finding a way to run into brick walls
0: um, he's, he's looking good he definitely looks like a player for the future yeah absolutely one to develop yeah like you said just got to get a bit of size on him and he'll be fine um, Chase Jones three points noticing a bit of trend at Adelaide Oval That's loves it. the place don't field him away from Adelaide Oval I think this week they're playing at Mars Against they your are, mob. They are. Which is terrible for fantasy. Yep. Jordan Dawson's probably like my best. Oh, I've got Brayshaw and Jack Steele, but who knows where all they're at. This is a yeah, bit yeah. of a flex. So, oh, yeah, I know, but like they're not great captain options at the moment. Um, so, when you consider Steele, 75 subbed out in this game. And then uh, who was the other one? Brayshaw. Brayshaw. He's all right. Yeah, but he's um, just
1: gone off a 152 yeah, weeks ago, but yeah, that's yeah.
0: fine. I didn't have a captain that week, <laughs> week though. So, yeah, like yeah, he had all those knee injuries. But anyway, like a Crows players at Mars, that's traditionally a pretty bad. Um, uh, place for fantasy scoring. So yeah, yeah. I think the weather might not be as harsh though. This it's week. been
1: very rough the last few years. I yeah. mean, the winds do pick up. It's not going to be quite as bitterly cold yeah. at least from what I can see. It's this
0: weather, if you know how weather kind of travels from SA to Victoria, yep. you know, if this weather right now we're having yep. makes it to makes it to Mars on the weekend, there'll be no issues there. It might
1: be a good game to watch for once rather yeah, than yeah. watching <laughs> everyone in there in, in 16 layers. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I agree. Um, Chase Jones was an inning classic. He's already been an out in classic. Uh, Adelaide Oval is the place.
0: Yeah, the only player at Adelaide Oval. Level. Um all right we'll move on to St Kilda. Only player really is Jack Higgins. 99 points, 3 goals. Played well in a game where they got absolutely smashed, but it's just what Jack Higgins does, he'll kick a few goals and he's just not going to be that fantasy score exactly. that we all thought he was going to be. Uh to the last game of the round. Not a lot to talk about here, but Mason Cox had 124 points. He was one of their best players. I think he was leading like the ranking points I saw when they come up on the ground. Um he just took over that ruck role this week with every other half-serviceable ruckman um, injured for the Pies. And even Ash Johnson, like he, we know he's been kind of pinch-hitting because he can just jump really high. Um, but he went into the ruck a bit, which allowed Cox to go forward and kick a few goals. So, um, yeah, and Ash Johnson scored 70 as well, which is pretty serviceable for a forward as well. The big issue is Darcy Cameron is available next week. So he, he comes straight back in and just kills Mason Cox, anything.
1: Well, it's interesting. We've seen a couple of games where Mason Cox has still put up a score with Darcy Cameron in the side. Certainly yeah, not a one twenty four, which we saw. this Yeah, I mean
0: week. more so. Yeah, if if Mason Cox was going to be rucking solo for the next three four weeks, you'd kind of be expecting some big scores. But I, I must admit, just purely
1: on just watching the game, it was his best game I've ever seen him play. Yeah, uh, yep. there was no. Or doubt even
0: better that, than the prelim where he won it off his own boot.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I still think that he. Yeah, okay. I mean, it's been a hard <laughs> one. It's a best uh, regular season game I've ever Backtrack. seen him play. Uh, but you know, he was fantastic. The fact that you know Dacos had another forty, and they still said Mason Cox probably best on ground. Yeah, yeah. The mark, the mark where he's running back into the fifty, straight into the pack, I don't know if anyone's seen that, yeah, but yeah. he just he looked like a different player. And whilst when Darcy Cameron comes in, he takes that number one role. We've still seen weeks where Mason Cox has a bulk of the hitouts, even with Cameron in the side, depending on the matchup. Yeah. So I think his value is maybe a bit higher than people will put on him in saying that after the one twenty four, any owners are going to say, Hey guys, look at what I've just seen. And yeah, yeah. there's only negative to come from Darcy Cameron coming back in. But yeah. Yeah. You're right.
0: That's it. It might not be as, might not be as devastating as we think, but it's definitely not going to improve his game. That's yeah. for sure. Um, And Lockie Ash with the big 123 points, one, two, three. Um, Oh, he's already too good for the podcast. We gave it after he got, I think three eighties in a row or something like that a few weeks ago. But, I think this game just confirmed it. He's really arrived this season. And guess who he plays this weekend? Uh, who does he play this weekend? The Saints. St. Saint Kilda. So you, you, that'd be a 150 surely for him. Um, I don't know. Hopefully he continues that run of form going. But yeah, he's doing pretty well. Um, before we move on to the listener questions and the uh, hot topics that have been brought up by our members this week, um, yeah, why don't you jump on board, become a member and uh, yeah, support the show financially. Yeah. Um, Basically, we we can't do this each week without financial support from the members. So thanks to those who have signed up. And we'll read some gold members' names out in a second. But if you do sign up, you'll get our CBA numbers, kick-in numbers, State League Fantasy scores, and access to the Breakout Tracker, which is everyone's favourite resource. Um, But, yeah, thank you to the following gold members. uh, JC, Dino, Brendan Trump. No relationship of Donald, I don't think. uh, Liam Webb. Blair Newton Declan Power Chris Allen Jason McMahon Jack Clydesdale and MM so thank you to those members there but yeah there's other ways to show your support um, if you can't jump on and buy a membership uh, you can also just retweet our stuff follow us on YouTube get around to all our other stuff on the socials write a review on uh, the iTunes thing Anyway, anything you can do helps out. So, yeah, thanks to all those who do look after the podcast. All right. You ready for some hot topics let's and some it, questions? Mate. Let's do it, mate. Uh, Nathan, John is putting to us, um, should I use my number one waiver pick on Seamus Mitchell or Peddler? And would you keep them next year? So, let's do the first part. Mitchell or Pedler? Who would you choose?
1: Um... Peddler CBAs on the weekend. I did
0: notice. Oh, we didn't bring that in the show there. That's another one. Let's talk about that.
1: Yeah, Peddler CBAs on the weekend. He's been looking good. He's been looking like someone that the Crows – we've been talking for years that he's probably going to be developed, and he now looks to be a player already who they're – Plugging holes with, and he's just filling a vital spot for them. Yeah. Add the CBAs on the weekend. I just think he is more likely a lock in their best twenty-two at this stage, and yeah. potentially higher upside if he's if he's getting some midfield
0: time. I think Mitchell's role is nice, and I think you could probably rely on Mitchell more consistently. But I think Peddler has that kind of potential if he moves inside the midfield a lot more, given that he's got forward status as well. Yeah, I'll let Pedler mm. I like we... Peddler too. Mitchell, defender
1: forward, is interesting. But the thing is, going into the future, that. he won't keep that. Yeah, exactly. So it's
0: like this year, Mitchell
1: looks like a better pick. But if we're yeah. looking to keep for next year, which to uh, Nathan's point is, I
0: think Peddler's the play. All right. Uh, Jared Minchin asks uh, Can Duggan keep this up or do we sell high? Did you do this for me specifically, mate? No, no, this is Jared's uh, specific question. Thank you, Jared. Yeah. Uh,
1: I did start the year in classic with Duggan. Uh, yeah. I copped a lot Ooh. of stick for it over the first few weeks from the boys. Yeah, uh, They all started McGrath, and look who is oh, laughing now. What a pick. So, uh, yeah, Duggo's been looking fantastic. Again, I can't say I predicted all of these injuries, but yeah. the role is brilliant. The start of the year, the issue was he's just a versatile guy that would get a couple of CBAs, yep. come off the halfback flank, depending on the substitutions, where he needed to be. Uh, at the moment, he is just looking like inside mid Taking kick-ins, he's getting CBAs and kick-ins. Yeah, yeah. The Jordan Dawson. I think that Shannon we saw.
0: being out probably helps that because he yeah. was the main kick-in guy. I've noticed like in the last two weeks since Shannon has been out, he has bumped his scoring right up to that hundred-plus kind of territory. So, yeah. but yeah, you're right. He does play in the midfield as well, so you shouldn't really hamper him too much if when he does come back. So, yeah, not a bad option there. The role's is um, brilliant. I would keep. Yeah, don't sell high because given the. the the, the trajectory that West Coast are going on he's the kind of player that's in line to be one of their number ones yep. like they're better players and he captained the, the side this week which oh, obviously says where they where they put him in the, yeah. the hierarchy and or how many injuries they have yeah now nah, don't sell high hold on to him for uh, for the time being uh, Matthew Wright's asking is Ryan Angwin going to make it he's played four games it's pretty hard pretty hard to ask oh, does they make it uh, as a footballer yeah, or yeah. are we in the side next I, week honestly I haven't said enough of him to really comment to be honest but like I would give him more time it's just I think every fan fantasy score has been pretty putrid, but he plays that outside role that isn't, super great for fantasy at the moment.
1: Brilliant last quarter this week. Um, Again, game was dead, but nonetheless actually showed something. Although his kick for goal is awful. He looks terrible. (laughs) Once he's inside 50, he looked up. He tried to pass the ball off. Next time, I think he kicked one across the face, but he definitely looked a much better player. Obviously had a knock the week before as well. Yeah, that's right, the ankle. And came off and he managed to get back up in the side. It would have been easy, I would have thought, for Kingsley to say, well, you had a knock last week and you weren't playing too well, so we're going to give you a rest. Yeah. The fact that he's straight back in gives me confidence enough in him.
0: All right, we'll move on to uh, Daniel Lazell. What to do with Ben Keys? If you're an owner, what would you do? There's not much you can do. I'm an owner. Yeah, well, what are you going to do? I uh, hate it. Yeah. I hate it. There is not much you can do. I own him in one two, And yeah, there's not much you can do.
1: It's frustrating because I've got him and Barry in my main keeper. Yeah. And in my head, I'm like, drop Keys, bring Barry back in. And yeah. I think that's a better result for us. So
0: The play would have been like to trade him in the, in the off season. My thinking was... I thought personally he was going to get pushed out of the midfield, but I thought they'd be an, like enough to get forward status, but I thought they'd be an injury or something at some stage or they'd just need his work right in there at some stage that he'd go back in there and be Ben Keys of old. Yeah. But crows are just performing too well. Like, I think done. I think it's just I didn't see the crows being as good as they are. He's not quite year.
1: squeezing into your screen, mate. He's just. Oh, uh, yeah, I'm, just at, I'm just looking at him over yeah, your yeah. shoulder, but uh, yeah, um, yeah, it's a bit of a shame, um, and I, I think I'll, he just doesn't look like he's fitting the way that the squad wants to move moving forward. So I am genuinely concerned that forward status certainly helps yeah definitely but he's certainly um, not the guy that you would have expected him to be
0: he's like legit my forward streamer that's yeah. where he's at like f5 loophole if i can stream like i, I brought him on to cover someone else had a 61 i was like i'm pretty sure ben keys will get over 61 this week got 71 so yeah <laughs> pretty sure I might be a bit of a stretch these days yeah, but yeah. Uh, i got like- st kilda I, I didn't mind it <laughs> that's though. true that's yeah, true yeah. um What's uh, Ben Farley is asking? What is Jack Steele's value? A guy in my league on the decline offered him for Horn Francis or Holmes. I'm considering Holmes, but I'm a big fan of Steele. I'm assuming he means won the last two years and now fourth in between contending and rebuild. Would you go up Steele now for a Horn Francis or a Holmes? That's a big one. I uh, wouldn't. He still was Steele like, at 27, 28. Yeah. It depends. Like if you have you if you think in the next three, four years you're no chance at contending again, then make the play. Go the Horn Francis or the Holmes. But I'd see, I don't see Holmes being like like a huge oh maybe bit no, no he's been okay. What did he score on the weekend with Dangerfield out,
1: Holmes. I, I couldn't do it with JHF. Let's just let's just say that. I yeah. just think that that is just something that you couldn't do. I think there's still a lot to see from Holmes. Yeah. Um, and I think JHF will keep that mid-forward status too, which is super valuable moving in the f- yeah. future. He's played enough in I the I wouldn't do it. I w- but-
0: I, no, I wouldn't do it. Like, uh, I don't know. I know these are the type of players that will kind of, propel you back up though if you do it But Holmes with a 69 on the weekend without Dangerfield I, yeah. I think I
1: could do it for Holmes just because I'm not sure I'm as hot on what that future looks like and that role yeah. we know that it will come eventually but there's enough time there where still could be your number one guy yeah. number two guy for the next two, three years before Holmes gets yeah. there
0: still has been unlucky as well like with that collarbone then came back and like I think it was ease back in the CBA still scored like a 70 an 80 or something like that I think it was mm. even with like playing a whole half out out of the midfield and up four and then pop the next week and then a couple of stinker weeks, but one was injury affected, so yeah. yeah, or knock affected. So yeah, he's just been unlucky still. I would be patient and hold on, just given the caliber. Like he's a top five player when he's up and running.
1: It all depends as well on your kind of keeper league philosophy. Yeah. So with me, in my head, I just can't see myself going, Oh, this is what I'm gonna be in three years in the future. Because yeah. I'm like, how much happens between now and then? Exactly. I'm that both like with that as well. players, yeah. as well as with life. Yeah. So I'm like, I want to be somewhat contending, or at least in a yeah, it, I never want to do a full rebuild. I'll find a way to find myself contending at least in the next 12 to 18 months and I think Steele is good enough in that next three years as long as he can get his body right that there's no doubt that he's improving your side over that time period so yeah for Holmes I would probably not for JHF though
0: Right, I'll be holding still um, Taylor Q asks uh, patterns and trends are developing with teams now these are just a few things I've noticed just looking at uh, some scores for and against over the last three weeks uh, so yes you for just giving up bulk points we've mentioned that um, Rux against GWS, um whilst Matt Flynn is playing are going bonkers as well so um, yeah that's another uh, one so we see yeah, Mason Cox this week obviously went huge um, against him then Tim English the week before the 150 like they're just going huge against him Matt Flynn's not playing terribly but I don't know, they're just, they're, he's not negating the opposition Ruckman There's the
1: around the ground. Yeah, that's yeah. really killing. I just don't yeah. think he quite has the tank to keep up with those boys. Yeah.
0: I mean, with Priest coming back in the next few weeks as well, it's something to consider for um, for Flynn owners. If you haven't got him handcuffed already, maybe try to make that play to get a Priest in because he could be replacing him pretty soon. Um, Rucks against Port Adelaide as well. Like, again, Port Adelaide are performing fine. It's just that they're playing Teekel and they're playing Finlayson and they just don't care about winning hitouts. They're just playing the next kind of athletic ruckman to try to beat him around the ground. So yeah, and it's working for him. So I don't see that changing anytime soon as much as the Lasset owners want him back. Didn't check up on Lasset's score in the sample on the weekend, but uh, he returned from injury there as well. But yeah, he's going to take, he's going to take a lot for Lasset to get back in. Um, Key forwards against Essendon and West Coast over the last three weeks as well. They're scoring pretty well. So, if you've got key forwards, play them against those teams. And midfielders against Collingwood and Hawthorne are scoring pretty well at the moment as yeah, well. midfielders so.
1: against Collingwood's been the interesting one because yeah. it's not something that we're typically expecting. Yeah, with
0: the way they play, for Yeah, sure.
1: It's a hard one because if you look at this weekend, Tom Green probably disappointed for a lot of yeah. owners. He played forward. He was at the full forward for the last... 12 minutes of the game which yeah. I don't know if the game was dead they're just trying to rest him he's been a bit sore or what yeah. the thought process was
0: but I think the other, uh, other midfielders around him went pretty well that's as what well. I was so going to say yeah. just
1: if people look at it they go oh yeah. did they really yeah, there's yeah. definitely reasons for the guys that Yeah, Cogs and Crean as an owner in both in Classic were both forward for the whole last quarter and it was a struggle to watch.
0: And again, this is a three-week sample size as well. So, Mm. yeah. Um, Yeah, they're just a few scoring trends I've noticed over the last few weeks when my spreadsheet has noticed over the last few weeks anyway. Uh, At Richie96, uh, being offered butters for Baz. Prefer Baz, but is it something I should consider?
1: I don't think so. Not for mine.
0: Yeah, neither. To be honest, I don't think there's going to be too much between them like in 40 cents for the next... 10 years to be honest, Baz is more likely to get that. At the moment, he's going to get bevoed into a forward position, forward status. But, like, it's just, unless it's significant, I just don't think it's worth trading. Like, I think Baz is probably slightly going to be ahead, like maybe five, 10 points ahead. But, again, unless you're kind of winning a big, by big margin, there's no point doing a trade like that, yeah, given if, the age profile if stuff. If someone's super hot on him and you can find your way to
1: get yourself something extra, yeah, like some a extra pick knives, or something like that, extra yeah. pick, yeah. I kind of don't mind it. But a straight swap, you'd be pretty stoked to be on the bad side of the
0: yeah. deal. Uh, Nathan Byrne wants to know uh, what to do with Aaron. What do Aaron Hall owners do at this point? Is he tradable? Is he even a hold? What do you think you'd able to get from him? He might be one that comes in this week with all those injuries.
1: Yes, which is a flag in itself. I don't think you can move him on, depending how deep your squads are. I'm not going think... to get
0: his value's worth. No. Like, yeah.
1: And I think, to the, is he even a hold? Yes, he's a hold, uh, as long as your
0: side's deep enough, which yeah. most keepers are. Uh, the fact is, when he plays, yeah. you're going to field him. He's the type of player that's going to come and play the last like four or five games of the season as his like farewell tour, probably, mm. and just absolutely rip it to shreds. This so true. if you're in contention for a flag and if you can give up, say, like, a first year rookie or something like that, that won't be good in your side for three years and you can just pick up another one next year type thing. He might be a play if you could get him like that level cheap. Like say if you've got I uh, well I don't know, just a, like a young rookie that's not playing at the moment, uh Hewitt from West Coast, for example, or something yep. like that, that's pretty highly touted. Like that isn't going to help you this year, but you're in the contention. He might help. So yeah, who knows? But um, yeah, one to think about. Um, once also knows Adam chair the real deal, deal 130 in three of his last four, but then drops his worst score of the season so far, 62. Carlton midfield's so deep, it's hard to predict. I think that's yeah. the issue.
1: And I think if you look at Carlton's midfield scores over those weeks, that's the interesting part. So Carlton's midfield performed very well the previous two weeks. Yeah. And you saw a bunch of guys over 121, 130, I think four or five players with 30 plus disposals. Yeah. They're not going to do that every week. And that showed this week with chair score. So, the fact is he's hot when Carlton's hot and when that midfield play that slower chip mark high disposal game, um, that's when he's going to score well. So, yeah, he, he's he's not a 130 guy. I yeah. think he's still – he's a 90 to
0: was 100. It was inflated, yeah. It was very inflated. Yeah, though. so probably not the real deal in that respect. Yeah. Um, Got offered Lock this is uh, Arna Milky. Got offered Lockie Weller and Zach Bailey for Johannesson in redraft. Should I take it? Uh, getting Weller means I don't have to field Luke McDonald. The old two-for-one deal, like it's only a redraft, so it's not a keeper, hmm. but I don't mind it. Like, you're getting more points in. Johannesson will be like the 80 to 90 type scorer each week. Bailey won't be that he'll be a probably 70 to 80 in that kind of range but Weller can definitely be the 80 plus guy it yeah. depends on your distribution and how many other forwards you've got and things like that yeah thing. but yeah. If, it's,
1: if it's looking two for one normally it's because you're getting a, you're giving away a really high end guy for two mid tier yeah. guys I don't think there's that much of a gap between yeah. Weller and JJ in reality yeah. with those
0: roles so therefore it's if, just that one's got the four status I think but you're getting yeah. Bailey in return so. if you're getting Bailey as yeah. stake no, I'd, I'd do that deal yeah I'd probably do it too um, at Major Van Bam um, Lockie Murphy he seems to be playing high half forward the last couple of weeks worth a pickup I think in the show you kind of established no I wouldn't do it no. unless you've got nothing else to do and you've got a you know a relevant waiver pick that you just got to spend on something yeah maybe but that's about it yep. Um and last question uh, at Matthew uh, zero with a bunch of numbers whatever uh, Salem with it or duggan off the waivers I'm going duggan I mean, I'm going to biasly say
1: Duggan with it and also looking very good, but yep. we know what that looks like with, uh, with a Hearn back in the side. Yes. Duggan's role will stay more consistent. I think the coach actually likes Duggan as
0: that's well. That so that's probably, <laughs> yeah, that too. Anyways, that will wrap it up for this week. Thank you so much, Jake, for giving up your lunch break and coming on the show. Uh, Hat, pl- hat chat. where can we find you? Give it a plug. Uh, simple as that, mate. At hat chat on
1: all of the socials. At Hatcha AFL, yeah. I should say, on all saying, of the how socials. How you get that handle? <laughs> oh, my God. I was going to say, that would be nice. That be yeah. sitting there. So, yeah, at Hatchat AFL on the socials. Uh, you find us mostly on Twitter, but, of course, the pod is on Spotify and Apple or wherever you find your podcasts. And, of course, if you guys like the sound of Hess voice, which I'm sure <laughs> you do, uh, you'll find him on this week. For those listening early, we'll get, get the uh, inside goss, uh, and we're doing a bit of a... I don't know what, do you, what do you want to call it, like a a swap
0: over. Uh, yeah, what do you call them? I don't know. Yeah, I'm sure, there's a word for it. Yeah, there is something, but a split bill? No, I don't know, something oh, like that. Nice. But um, a trade transfer? <laughs> That's it. I don't know. Exchange, exchange. That's what we need. There we yeah. go. Um, you'll hear about my classic team. I haven't talked. Oh. I guess I talk about it a little bit, but I haven't really talked too much about my... Actually, no, I have. Every time Dossie's on, I, I tell him about my ranking, so maybe I have a bit too much. But you can see what my ranking is currently on the, uh, on the show, so I don't post it on the Twitter. That's the yeah, weird ha- thing.
1: We had to get a better podcast, a uh, better... better. Coach on the podcast <laughs> this week. Uh, I almost top scored, which for those that do follow us know what my classic uh, skills are like. So Hef's yeah. uh, coming on to
0: be our, to be our, to be our classic coach this for the week. Isn't always the the way, but uh, yeah, things are going well this year. Anyway, uh, get around. Keep a league pod on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and TikTok. Uh, also get around our sponsors, Game Day Squad as well. So make sure you're grabbing some packs and opening uh, those, and also check out my uh, live stream on Wednesday nights where I'll be opening packs and giving away free cards on that too free packs on that sorry i need them i need them jump on the stream (laughs) anyways and if you want to support the show please become a member anyways thanks for listening thank you once again jack and we will talk to you soon cheers mate see you